0: Welcome to Episode 7 of the Find Kristen Podcast. This is Dennis Mann, and today I'm going to be talking about three people that, in my own personal opinion, I am of the belief that, at the very, very minimum, they know more about what happened to Kristen on June 23rd, 1997, than they're letting on. But before I get into that, I must genuinely tell you, and I I do feel this in my heart, that I might be wrong. It's possible that these three people got nothing to do with Kristen. But we're 23 years into this now, and I'm always of the belief that at least trying to do something for Kristen, trying to find her, will always beat out doing nothing. So it's in that vein that I keep putting one foot in front of the other, and maybe one day it'll pay off. So just as a, a very, very quick summary for people who are not familiar with the case and haven't listened to the first six episodes, when a woman goes missing in America today, the FBI has stats and 96.4% of the time, she knows her sound. An FBI agent said to me that, that number is wrong. He said it's more like 99%. So you get the idea. When a woman meets with foul play, very, very rarely is it a total random act of, of violence or whatever. The woman had some type of interaction with whoever harmed her, okay? So I'm going on that basis. And then Kristen was only in the Bay Area from June 1st of 97 to June 23rd. She was only there 23 days. She didn't know anybody. She knew, well, 35 to 50 people is my guess. So the three people I want to talk to today, I want to share with you what their role is in Kristen's life. And then I asked a very, very important question. Do each one of these three people, do they fit into that subset of 35 to 50 people? Okay, so the first person I want to talk about is John Onuma. The second person is a woman named Jill Lampo, and the third person is a guy named Matthew O'K. So let's talk with let's talk about John Onuma first. For those of you who don't know the case as well as I do, you're hearing it for the first time. When Kristen disappeared, a TV station, the ABC station in San Francisco, got a phone call, an anonymous call saying that Kristen was killed by two women in the back seat of a car during an altercation on Market Street near Castro. Uh, That's the downtown, Market is the main street in in San Francisco there. And then they took her, they drove her body over the Golden Gate Bridge up to this uh, Point Reyes uh, area, which is a gigantic forest area. And they hid Kristen's body beneath a wooden bridge. And right before the car hung up, he said that two women worked at the YMCA. So the TV station called the Oakland Police, detectives, uh, Sergeant John Bradley and Officer Pat Mahaney. That was one of the first things they ever did. Is that They went and got the, that tape and they, they went over to the YMCA and they meet these two women. They sure enough, they exist. But these cops are street smart and they could tell within two seconds that they got nothing to do with Kristen. So they asked for the help. Said, who said, would, who, would, who would try to pin this on you? And the women, right away, they mentioned John Onuma. And basically, Jill Lampo, was dating John at the time, and Jill worked at that YMCA, and John would always go in and start arguing with, with Jill's bosses that they don't treat her well enough, and uh, if you know John, he's like five foot three, one 130 pounds, soaking wet, but he's got the personality of, of a, a giant, and uh, he can intimidate people with threats and everything, and he's not afraid to do that, and it was more than one occasion that John would go in screaming at Jill's bosses, and Jilly even told me once that she was very embarrassed and she would get mad at John for doing that, but he didn't care. In his own mind, he was defending the honor of his girlfriend. He'd go in and, and threaten the bosses. So now the Oakland police have a lead. So they find Onuma and they knock on the door. And if you get a chance, go to the web webpage. I've got the America's Most Wanted video clip up there. And during that video segment, um, the officers recorded their interaction with Onuma, and first you can hear him deny that he made the phone call, but then he does a 180, he tries to take a different tack. he goes, yeah, I made the phone call, absolutely I made it, and you can hear that on the America's Most Wanted uh, video clip, so please go check that out if you can. So now the police have their first person of interest, and it's John Onuma. Now, does John Onuma fit into that 35 to 50 people? Well, John Onuma was not Kristen's roommates in Oakland, John was not one of her neighbors. John was not a co-worker of Kristen, and, Je- and Kristen never mentioned John Onuma to anybody. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, does John Onuma, does he fit into that subset of 35 to 50 people? Because if he doesn't, and as big of a jerk as the guy is, if he's not one of those 35 to 50 people, then there's like the 99% chance that he didn't have any involvement with Kristen. If you believe the FBI stats. So I asked myself the question: does in any way does Kristen's life intersect with John Newman in those 23 days? And the answer, in my opinion, is yes. And here's how that happens. All right? John was dating this woman named Jill Lampo on the day Kristen disappeared. Okay, Jill, on uh, in in June of 2012 she had what you would call a nervous breakdown and she contacted her uncle and uh what began is like a several it was explained to me a phone call that lasted several hours and Jill started sharing her life with her uncle from the time she was born until just a couple hours before the phone call of everything that happened was bad in her life and she's she's Basically, she had a nervous breakdown and she reached out to her uncle. And one of the things she told the uncle is that while she was in, living in San Francisco, she was dating a very controlling man that convinced her to uh, assist in an unspeakable kidnap and murder and that the guilt was killing her. And fortunately for us, the, the uncle realized that this was a very, very serious phone call. So he's got his, uh, his notepad and pen out and he's writing notes. And after the phone call, the husband, her uncle, a guy named Anthony Rama, and he said to his wife, Jill just told me enough to put her away for life. And the uncle didn't want to get involved. But luckily, his wife was a good woman. She says, who's this Kristen Montefiore girl? Or who's this Jill Ample girl? So she, I'm sorry, she, she asked what, who Jill Ample was. So she Googled Jill, found my website, find Kristen and realize that Jill was involved with a missing person then she reads the notes and Jill is admitting to her uncle that she assisted a guy in an unspeakable kidnap and murder and I've got a copy of that um, that letter it's on the website and find Kristen so go look at it you can see the uncles in his own handwriting and I've got the important parts highlighted where where Jill's talking about she's feeling a lot of guilt over the uh, assisting a controlling man. An unspeakable kidnap and murder, okay? So that, that definitely got our attention. Well, John, obviously, on June 23rd, 1997, he was living with and dating Jill Lampo. But here's where it gets really interesting. Does Jill know Kristen? Well, no, she didn't. Noth- nothing that I could see. So John didn't know Kristen. Jill wasn't one of Kristen's roommates. She didn't know any of Kristen's neighbors. Um... She wasn't a coworker, so I'm still – I can't put John and Jill into that 35 to 50 people. And here's one one connection that I thought was really good, but I think it turned out to be a false positive. Kristen was a four-year academic student at North Carolina State University. Between her freshman and sophomore year, she went out to the Bay Area. And while there, she signed up to take a couple classes at Berkeley, some electives that would transfer back to her degree back in North Carolina. She was taking a a photography class and then and she was taking like just a, a light class, it was a, a belly dancing class, and, but her her degree was in mechanical uh, design I believe it was. So she had signed up for the photography class and the belly dancing class, but she disappeared the day before classes were to begin so she never showed up. But we found out later that Jill Lampo's mom owned a belly dancing studio in her hometown. Uh, now, the Oakland police know this. They went out and interviewed uh, Mrs. Lampo, and they've assured the Montefiaries that that's just one of those wild coincidences is not related to Kristen's case. And uh, Jim Lampo's parents, I've met them once, and everything I know about them, they, they're beautiful, upstanding, really, really solid uh, human beings. So... That just turned out to, I think, just be like a wild coincidence. But so now how do we put John and Jill into that subset of 35 to 50 people or Kristen? Well, here's how things turn. It was uh, about eight or nine months after Kristen disappeared and I was running out of options of things I could do. And so I decided to start from day one. And I think I mentioned this earlier, so I'm going to breeze through this part because I don't want to repeat myself from an earlier podcast. But I got permission to re-interview all the employees at Spinelli's. And I had the, the timesheet, so I had a list of everybody's names. And one by one, I talked to everybody. And there's one person that I couldn't find. His name was Kelly Strathton. And another co-worker just very innocently said to me, Oh, that's no problem. Kelly no longer works here. But I know how to get a hold of him. He said, Call Matthew LeCay. Okay, Ma-, she goes, I know Matthew's phone number is in the phone book. And Matthew and Kelly are really, really good friends, and Matthew can tell you how to get a hold of Kelly, right? So that sounded good to me. So uh, I remember I went to a payphone. I was in the mission district up in San Francisco. I still remember the payphone. And uh, I call, and this is how this is how the call went, no exaggeration at all. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hi. Uh, is Matthew there? This is Matthew. Hi, Matthew. This is uh, Dennis May. Hi, Dennis. How can I help you? I said, Matt. Um, I'm a friend of the family of Kristen. Look, I got nothing to do with that, all right? You got it? You got it? You got it. Don't you ever call me again. You got it? You got it? <laughs> quickly slams the phone down. I'm like, what the hell? The only reason I was calling Matthew is to see if he can give me Kelly's contact information because I wanted to interview him. He was the last person on my timesheet. So that didn't make any sense to me. It just didn't make any sense to me. So, you know, I let the Monteferri's know, but I also let the Oakland police know. And, uh, and this is just by coincidence. Uh, I have no illusions that this had anything to do with anything I did. But two or three days later is when the Oakland police raided Jill Lampo and John Anuma's apartment. And in Jill Lampo's diary, they found the name of Matthew Lucay. And then I came to learn that Matthew Lucay ended up working at the same exact coffee shop as Kristen with an asterisk. Kristen disappeared June 23rd. Matthew did not start working at that same coffee shop until about a month or so later. And the reason he found out about Spinelli's, from what I am being told, is remember that guy named Kelly Stratham, the one co-worker of Kristen that I couldn't find? Well, Kelly, had told Matthew, hey, why don't you come work for us? There's a job opening. So Kelly's the one that referred Matthew to Spinelli's. But there's more. Jill Lampo, she she won't talk to me anymore, but in the early days she would talk to me. She told me that she was, she broke, she was dating Matthew LeCay and she broke up with Matthew to start dating John Onuma. So, you got three people, all right? Now, why, why Matthew would act so angrily? It was really way out of the norm of reason. And, you know, they won't talk to us. They won't talk to us. And then Jill tells me she was dating this guy, and then she's dating John Onuma, that John Walsh on America's Most Wanted said is a person of interest. And on that TV show, Sergeant John Bradley said Onuma is involved, and they just need to tie down how he's involved. So now you got three people that I, I believe fit into that 35 to 50 pool of people that the FBI said there's a better about a 99% chance that at least know something about what happened to Kristen. Now, with that said, you know, You've got the other people on the list. The, I, I interviewed several of those co-workers, they're the sweetest, kindest, normal people. They got nothing to do with Kristen. I'm positive of it. But I just just to honor Kristen's memory, I have to include them in the list because they, they are one of the 35 to 50 people. Kristen's roommates, uh, I kind of feel the same way. They've been they've always been very, very nice to me. They they've agreed to be interviewed many, many times. At some point they said, Dennis, you're not going to learn anything new asking us 15 times when you already asked us 14 times. and we, we, We're just tired of it. We don't want to talk anymore. So I, I understand part of what they're saying. But, I mean, for me, I'm missing person. You can talk to me a million times. I don't care. Dennis Mann, as I was sitting here talking to you. If I had to bet on anything I'm betting on is John Onuma. But I might be wrong. But I want you to know what I know and why I, I think the way I do. And it's not only that, you know. I know the Oakland police said he is involved, and they could figure out, they got to tie down how he is involved. And then I've been contacted by many other women that said that Oluwam has threatened to kill them, and beaten them, and raped them. So this this guy is this guy is a piece of work, big time. All right, everybody, thank you. This is episode seven. Now, the reason I do this, yeah, um, I want to inform everybody about Kristen's case, but I'm going to make sure that. Onuma and the people that he associates with, at the very least, they watched that America's Most Wanted video clip and I've got an anonymous tip for him right on the homepage. And I'm just leaving it up to God. It's in his hands. Somebody will send us an anonymous tip. Any information I get, I'm going to send to the Montefiores and they can get it to the open, open PD. And at least that represents the effort I'm trying to do for Kristen. Okay, Ray, Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to reach me, uh, Call anytime. I mean, you can call me at 3 or 4 in the morning. I don't care. 914 483 7214. You can also get that info right off the website under the contact tab. And also, you can get the Sergeant Bradley Young of the Oakland Police Department. And I got to get his number. I don't have it handy. Hold on. Okay. Sergeant Bradley Young with the uh, Oakland Police Special Victim Section. His phone number is 510 238. 3320 and again if, if you go to my website findchristen.com and if you look under the uh, the podcast section on episode 7 I'm going I'm going to show you the uh, the letter the handwritten letter that uh, Jill Lampo's uncle wrote and he was transcribing what Jill was saying to him about um, her assisting somebody in an unspeakable kidnap and murder and how the guilt was killing her so you can see that under findchristen.com Go to episode seven under the podcast tab, and you'll see the screenshot of that that um, photograph. All right, thank you. <laughs>